when you're building this network, it's not about what you can get. It's about what you can give to someone that's in transition and listening to this podcast. They might be thinking, well, man, I need a job. I need to be asking for a job. Uh, and really what it boils down to is you're out researching, you're exploring different avenues, exploring different companies. And so you approach it with this attitude of what can I do for that person? What can I learn from that person? And then at the end, as you say, who else can you introduce me to? In her book, Conversational Intelligence, Judith Glasser wrote, to get to the next level of greatness depends on the quality of our culture, which depends on the quality of our relationships, which depends on the quality of our conversations. Everything happens through conversations. Welcome to Conversations, powered by Quantivos. Hello, and welcome to Conversations. I am Brian Gorman, your host at Conversations and a Quantivos coach. With me today is Jeff Tun, author, speaker, and explorer. And Jeff is the owner and driver, if you will, of Tun Enterprises. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Brian. It's great to be here. Looking forward to our conversation today. Jeff, as we were talking before we started recording, you said you're author, speaker, and explorer, and you started talking about the different things that you like to explore. Yes. And one really jumped out at me because it's not one we have talked about a whole lot on this podcast. And as I mentioned at the time, it's one where I think there has been a significant shift over the last three years, and that's exploring relationships. Yes. Yes. I love digging into that as part of a professional network and personal network and building those relationships. So can't wait to talk about them today. So I really want to focus on building that professional network. And first of all, why is that so important? What I have learned about networking in my career is for every moment you put into it, it pays dividends tenfold, a hundredfold. It provides you with a set of professionals that you can reach out to and ask questions of, to learn from, to help when they're in need of answering questions. And you end up building this community. And I've been lucky enough that, yes, the community is kind of geographically centered on Indianapolis, where I'm from, but thanks to social media and things like LinkedIn, my network actually goes around the world. And you can learn from each other, share insights, and most importantly, you can help each other. How early in a career should somebody start building a network? Before they launch their career, as early as possible. What's the old adage about uh, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago? Uh, the second best time is today. And I tell you, this was, a, this was a lesson I learned, gosh, midway probably through my career. I was... Uh, chief information officer for a commercial real estate firm in the early 2000s. And it was going to be my last job ever. We were growing like crazy. Uh, I was going to retire at 50 and, you know, uh, who needed a professional network, right? Uh, and then 2008 hit uh, and commercial real estate went in the tank. And I found myself in the position of having to look for a job when I didn't have one. 
for the first time in my career. And I also didn't have a network. I looked at LinkedIn and it was like I had 20 connections and uh, 19 of them were people I worked with just at that moment, right? Um, and I started reaching out to people and people were introducing me to people, uh, to other people. And I was stunned at a couple of things, Brian. First of all, I was stunned at the people I hadn't talked to in 20 years that would stop everything and say, yes, Jeff, I'll meet you for comfy. Let's talk. How can I help? And I was stunned also at people I didn't know that someone would introduce me to and they'd say, absolutely, let's, let's meet for coffee. Uh, and so I, I promised myself two things uh, at that point. One is I would never, ever let my network go cold again. Uh, and two, whenever anybody reached out and asked, the answer was yes, where can we meet and what time? Uh, and it's from a network of 20-ish people, and now it's seven or 8,000 people. So I want to share my own story. And it's pre-LinkedIn. It's actually 1990. And I was laid off, was working for a, a global company that was doing their periodic downsizing. And I had decided that there were really three career paths that I wanted to uh, pursue. One was staying in management consulting. One was moving into the world of nonprofits. And the other was returning in to higher ed administration. And I wish I remember who had given me the guidance but I identified two people that I could talk to on each of those paths. And I started reaching out and then it was postage stamps and telephones. Yeah. And two things, three things that I made sure to do each time I reached out. The first was to end the conversation with two questions. Who else should I talk with? And may I use your name as a reference? Excellent. Excellent. The second thing I did, I, and I was very clear, I was exploring. I wasn't job seeking. I still left a resume behind. And the third thing I did is I tracked the network tree. So I think I started uh, late May, early June, and it was the end of August. And I received a phone call at five o'clock on a Friday night. And the, the woman on the other end of the phone said, are you still looking for a job? And I said, yes. She said, well, I have a friend who runs a nonprofit, uh, who needs you <laughs> and I'm having dinner with him tonight. May I bring him your resume? I said, yes. Yes. <laughs> he called me the next morning. I started working on Monday. That's an incredible story. The third thing was every person in that network, which had gone from six to 187 people, yeah. everyone in that network received either a phone call or a first-class letter saying, thank you. That, that is outstanding. A couple of years ago, I, I wrote a book about job search, uh, Amplify Your Job Search. And I, I talk in there along some of the same topics and suggestions that you put in there. And I always encourage people to end a networking meeting with two questions slightly different. One is, as you said, who else should I be talking to? But also, what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. Great, Ed. Right? Because as you know, when you're building this network, it's not about what you can get. It's about what you can give. To someone that's in transition and listening to this podcast, they might be thinking, well, 
man, I need a job. I need to be asking for a job. Uh, and really what it boils down to is you're out researching, you're exploring different avenues, exploring different companies. And so you approach it with this attitude of what can I do for that person? What can I learn from that person? And then at the end, as you say, who else can you introduce me to? I really appreciate that. So thank you, Jeff. You talked about growing your network into the thousands. And I know so many people who sort of put gold stars on their forehead for the numbers of thousands <laughs> of LinkedIn connections they have. Yes. Yeah. Most of whom they don't know at all. Right. Right. So is that building a network? In some ways, I would say yes. And so I would say, you know, we used to joke years ago about the six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon, right? Um, and I think your network is the same, right? I've got a group of core people that probably number in the the dozen, maybe a two dozen, right? And, and those are people that you talk to, you know their story, they know your story, you've shared something on a somewhat personal level, although professionally, right? Um, and, and then it expands out from there. Uh, do I have a couple thousand, several thousand LinkedIn connections? Absolutely. Do I know everybody? No, I, I, I don't. But I learned from each and every one of them that post. I mean, I spent not a huge chunk of my day, but I probably spend an hour plus a day on LinkedIn learning, reading the posts and commenting on people's posts and, and helping promote their agenda, especially at those in transition or those hiring, right? I want that visibility to my network. The closer you get in, you spend more time nurturing that by going to coffee with people, seeing them at networking events, and you start to build a deeper relationship with it. So I think there's different levels of a quote unquote network. I want to dig into a little bit that going to networking events. I know people who die to go to networking events. They can't wait. They can network right. three, four, five, six days a week. And I know people who die at the thought of having to go to networking yes. events. Yes. And typically, typically most often the difference is between the extrovert and the introvert. Yes. Yes. The person who really gets energized by that social interaction and the person who gets drained by it. Yes. What counsel can you give those of us and I count in that bucket, those of us who are introverts and find networking a tough go? I will, I will put myself in that category as well. When I can meet anybody for coffee and talk one-on-one -on -one all day long, right? Whether it's I can do that and I can get up on a stage of a thousand people. Yes, absolutely. But I don't want to walk down in the audience afterwards and talk to them. Absolutely. Uh, so I put myself in that same category. So there's, uh, there's some tips and tricks to work the room, so to speak. And I tell you, my father was a retired Baptist minister and he could work a room. He never knew a stranger, right? Would walk through and it was just amazing to watch him. But, you know, as you're, as you're looking at a room and you know, networking events are probably a necessary evil, especially for those that are in job transition to have that opportunity. Again, you approach it 
in that, hey, I'm not there to hand out my resume. I'm not there to ask everybody here for a job. I'm here to learn. I find a couple of tips and tricks that are that are useful. One is set yourself a goal. I want to talk to three people, right? And I want to get contact information from three people. You know, if you're a, are an introvert with extroverted tendencies, maybe that number's a little bit higher. But so the, the thing that I like, a couple of things I like to suggest is when you're in that situation and you're, it's just a networking event and you're looking at this huge room of a bunch of other people, look for the wallflower, look for the person that's standing off to the side, probably head down, staring at their phone. Cause that's what you've just been doing as an introvert and approach them and say, man, doesn't it suck to be here? <laughs> You know, and all of a sudden you got this shared camaraderie, right, going on. If it's an event that there is a speaker, you know, talk about the speaker. Hey, did you come to hear Brian speak? Is that what brought you here today? Or after the presentation, wasn't Brian great? You know, I really loved what he said about this. Again, it gives you something to talk about. You're still the introvert. It still drains your energy. Man, I go to these events still. And when I'm done, I'm done. I'm tired. I want to go home. You know, I don't want to talk to the cat. I don't want to talk to my wife. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to relax. Right. But while you're there, you've got this goal. And the other, the other thing that, that I also recommend is when you're looking at the room, don't approach a group of two people. It's too intimate of a conversation. Uh, and it's, it'll be hard to break into that. Look for a group of three or more and, and kind of look at the group and see if there's a natural open spot in the group. Has somebody got open body language that maybe they're turned a little off center from the group and go position yourself there. You don't have to say anything. Just walk up and stand there. And when someone makes eye contact, nod and say hello. If the, it's whoever's talking is saying something that you could ask a question about or make a comment on, then insert yourself in the conversation. But you kind of get the lay of the land and do it strategically. I belong to one organization that it's national. I attend their events here in New York City. And they always make the announcement, we are a croissant networking group, not a donut. Yes, I love that. Always stand with, if you're with, even one other person so that there's an open space for someone to join. Yeah. And I would say if you're in a group, right, you be the one that makes sure that you're a croissant, not a donut, open it up and, uh, and do that. And you know, the other thing I recommend people do when they're going to that event, if you're going with a friend or two, leave them behind. Don't hang out with just your friends, right? That's not the purpose. Get out and try to meet those people that are on your goals. Yeah, I, I always find it interesting when I go to a networking group and I do interject myself in a small group and they say, oh, we're just here to have drinks after work. <laughs> <laughs> go someplace else. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's another way to, to, to have conversations with people is go get in line at the bar and talk to the people in front and behind you. I tell you, my, my wife is a master at that. She will go to the ladies' room and come back with four best friends. Uh, right. And it's like, do you really, she's not the that? introvert. <laughs> <laughs> she is not an introvert. No, she's not. Jeff, how do you bring some of this into the workplace? Wow. And that, you know, 
That's a great question because some of the same things apply when you're looking at your colleagues and you're trying to, uh, you might be in a meeting and, and someone's being the wallflower or someone's not participating. Make sure that you're the one that reaches out to them and asks their thoughts. It's, Brian, what do you think about this topic? Or uh, you look like you're deep in thought. What, what's on your mind uh, about this? And be the one that helps pull it out. For, for the introvert who, you know, I, I used to hate speaking up at meetings because, you know, what happens when you're, when you're in a meeting and you say something, everybody turns to look at you. And it's like, oh, I hate that, right? But you start to second guess yourself. I don't have anything to say. I, I don't know what to, because a lot of times introverts also are those that process their information differently. And so I gather a lot of information and then formulate an idea or a thought. And by then the meeting's over by four hours, right? But what you can do is some of it's body language, right? You move forward, you lean forward on the table. you make eye contact with whoever is speaking. You ask a question rather than making a statement, ask a question, even if it's completely obvious what the answer is, just engage and ask the question. And also you can parrot back what somebody else has said in the meeting um, and say, hey, I just want to make sure I understood what you were saying, right? Again, you're not having to process the information and come up with the, with the great idea. You're giving yourself that space to process it, but you're also showing that you were engaged. I, I used to get, you know, my reviews back in the day were, you know, you need to speak up more in meetings. You have good ideas and blah, 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 blah. And because I, I was that way, I just would not say anything in meetings. And, and those are some of the tips and tricks that I've used over the years to show that you're engaged, but maybe you're thinking and processing. And I'd say the other side of that coin is for those leaders that are out there that are extroverted and do their processing out loud, do their thinking out loud, know that there are introverts in your group and give them space to process and then speak up. I'm on board with you on all of that. I think a lot of what you were talking about in, in these sort of out in the world networking meetings can also be brought into the workspace. You know, if, if there's a company cafeteria and somebody's sitting at the table alone, yeah, you're waiting in line, you know, to get your lunch, it's no different than, well, it's different in a way, but it's in a way it's no different than waiting in line at the bar, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so there are a lot of different ways that we can bring these techniques inside and it becomes really important because at the end of the day, who you know makes a difference. Yes, it's about the relationships, right? And right, wrong, or indifferent, it's about the relationships that you build within, within an organization. And, you know, that's one of the many pieces of fallout from the pandemic is the hybrid work environment or the remote work environment. It is a lot harder to build those relationships virtually than it is face to face. Cause there is no cafeteria to go hang out, right? There is no hallway to run into somebody. Uh, you have to be much more intentional about Maybe it's a chat to someone that's in the group that you see on there. And, and so you offer to connect with them later, or you say, Hey, I really want to meet 
bring that up in the meeting. It, it's a lot harder virtually, but you still have to go through those same similar steps. It's no less than it may be even more important. Yes. Virtually. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that some of my clients have taken to do is to search for coworkers on LinkedIn and literally start reading profiles and finding touch points Yeah, and beginning to make those connections. And sometimes, you know, they happen once and sometimes they become long-time bonds. Yeah. 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 You can, you can connect with someone on LinkedIn and watch what they post, watch what they like on it. Even if it's not a similar interest that you have, if it's, you can engage on that topic, right. And, uh, say, Hey, I saw that you shared something on in, in my space right now. Everybody's talking about generative AI. And so, uh, Hey, I saw you posted something about chat GPT. I got a story to tell you. Let's, uh, let's, let's meet for a virtual coffee or, or whatever the circumstances. But I think that's a great way to do it, even within your own company, for sure. And making that time, because again, so many people who are working virtually seem to eat up that time with scheduled appointments, scheduled appointments. Yeah. These are, these can be scheduled appointments. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've talked to a lot of leaders who really have struggled with this, right? Because they're used to walking uh, around the office and seeing people in the hallway and, you know, asking, Hey, Brian, how was your weekend? And, and stuff like that to build those relationships. And they've had to be more intentional about reaching out virtually and saying, Hey, let's jump on a zoom call. No agenda. I just want to, I want to get caught up. What you're saying there warms my heart because it's a song I sing often, <laughs> which leaders need to connect with the people yeah. that work with them, not with the roles that report to them. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. The people, not the roles. I love that. And as a leader and anyone who has listened probably to any one of my podcasts has heard this, um, as a leader, I'll do a lot more for Jeff than I will for the owner of Ton Enterprises. Yes. Yes. You get to know them personally. And I'm not saying you have to share all your, all your personal stuff, but you do over time. And I think, you know, we were talking about some of the negative impacts of the pandemic. I think if you can call it a positive impact, I, I think uh, in some ways it helped with that personal connection because we're literally inviting people into our homes, right? And you're seeing, you know, what's on the wall behind the person. And sometimes you're seeing their dog or their cat or their spouse uh, walk behind the camera. But you, you do, you kind of have a different type of connection if you, if you leverage it and pay attention to it. Absolutely. The screen is there because people were seeing what's on the wall behind me. <laughs> and interestingly, very early on, they thought this was 3D. And if they looked over my shoulder, they could read it. <laughs> yep. Yep. I used to have, uh, uh, an American flag that was behind my back in our different, uh, different house. It's now over here to my right. But it was a conversation starter, right? Because someone will say, oh, the flag. Well, it's a 15-star, 15-stripe flag. So there's a big story behind what, what the flag is, right? And it kind of becomes an icebreaker of sorts. And, and uh, I can talk about the flag and not talk about me. So, <laughs> <laughs> But that brings up just one more point, I think, that's, that's worth making, which now for the last few years, we've been visiting people in their homes. Mm-hmm. 
but even in their office, you know, what are the books on the bookshelf? What are the yes. pictures on the desk? You know, if, if I walk into an office and there's nothing there. Right. Except the person and the furniture that the employer put in place, it begins to generate some questions for me. Yeah. And it's almost jarring, right? To walk into the office and not have personal belongings there. And I, I think, I think you're right that pre-pandemic, those things kind of faded into the background. We didn't maybe pay attention to them like we should. Um, and, uh, maybe that's another lesson learned is when you, when you are back in the office and you are, you know, pay attention to the books on the bookshelf or the picture of the kids on the desk or whatever it is and, uh, feel open to ask about it or make a comment about it, that people have decorated and brought those things into their office as a reminder for themselves, but it's also part of what they're sharing part of their personality. Jeff, thank you for this conversation. What else would you like to share with our listeners? I think as we started out, Brian, building this network, whether you're in a job transition or not, pays incredible dividends. And it's, I love this group of people that I correspond with, whether it's face-to-face or whether it's on the, on LinkedIn or other platforms, just love the opportunity to learn and grow. I would not be where I am as a, as a leader, as a professional without this network. And I encourage you, encourage your listeners to start today and start building that. And I'll just say one of the great ways you can do it, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Tell me you heard, you heard our conversation today and you want to connect. I'll welcome you into my network. And if there's ever anything I can do to be of service, I'm happy to help. Jeff, thank you so much. My pleasure.